Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Conflict Revolution with Aaron Bailey Moses. I am so excited to have you here with me. Since this is the very first episode, I thought I should start off by talking about what I mean when I say conflict resolution or conflict management as the focus of this podcast. I also want to talk about why conflict management is so important in life and in business and why we really can't escape it as as a concept and as a system. And and one of the things that I really want to address is why I use the words conflict management as opposed to conflict resolution and really what the difference is to me in those two terms. So let's go ahead and dig in. One of my absolute favorite places to start when I'm learning any new concept is dictionary.com. I'm, I love learning the definitions of words because I think it gives me a really good basis for understanding the general concept, the basic concept, so that I can build on that. So the first word I, I looked up um, was conflict. And it's so funny because I think that conflict in management and resolution are words we use all the time. Um, but I really wanted to make sure that there was a, a good understanding of what we're getting ourselves into. So conflict was defined as doing battle or a controversy or a quarrel. That's a weird word that I don't seem to pronounce very well. Discord of feeling, action or effect, antagonism or opposition as it relates to interests or principles. Management is defined as managing something to take care or charge or to dominate or influence by tact, flattery, or artifice or to handle, direct, govern, or control in action or use. And then finally, resolution is the act of resolving something or and making a determination what that really, what resolution really means to me is that it's the end of something. There's been a, a finalization and the whatever it is, the issue is concluded. And for me, that's why I don't generally use conflict resolution when we're talking about people we work with and people we have ongoing relationships with because really we're always in a state of management we're always in a state of handling or directing something that may never have a final end to it there may never be a final determination and so i'm probably going to use conflict management more than not but occasionally i might slip up and use the word resolution in there but really what i mean is the ongoing act of handling and dealing with conflict. I was looking this information up on Wikipedia the other day, which, by the way, I hate it really as a source, but it's always a pretty good starting place for me because usually there's some good resources listed in there and it's got a good general vibe about it. But um, So I looked up conflict management on Wikipedia the other day and my husband looked over my shoulder and he 
starts laughing. And he tells me that really when he read it, he originally thought it said confetti management. And I feel like anybody who has gotten mass amounts of confetti anywhere, it's sort of like glitter. So I think that if there is confetti involved, you probably do need some conflict management. But that's a little off track. So Wikipedia defines conflict management as the process of limiting negative aspects of conflict while increasing the positive aspects of conflict. Wait, what? Positive aspects? That sounds crazy. But it's true. And we're going to talk about that more as we do more podcasts. With the aim of conflict management being to enhance group outcomes And conflict resolution was defined as involving the elimination or termination of all forms or types of conflict. And again, I feel like when we deal with the same people over and over and we deal with the same personalities over and over, we're never really going to find an end to the conflict. What we're going to find is a way to work through it and a way to manage it. And so that's why we talk about That's why I talk about conflict management. Researchers have identified three major types of conflict that you're going to run into in any organization. And if you look at it in a broader sense, any aspect of any relationship, uh, the first being task conflict, then relationship conflict, and finally value conflict. The first task conflict is related to work assignments and dividing up resources and how things are going to get done and the procedures to make those happen and managing expectations. The second one is relationship conflict. And this usually is the one that arises from personality differences and styles and taste and even your conflict styles, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, When you have so many personalities thrown together in any business or any family, then these are the types of conflicts that you're going to come up against. And then finally, you have value conflicts. These are the types of issues that arise when people are talking about politics or religion or when you have ethics and societal norms that come into play or any other deeply held beliefs. This type of conflict that's that's based on deeply held beliefs is where you're going to see heightened defensiveness and distrust and alienation come about. And these are also the types of conflicts where you are less likely to have a resolution and need an ongoing conflict management system and where you're aiming for an understanding of where the other person is coming from, but not necessarily. Nobody's going to change the other one's mind in many of these cases. One of the major factors in determining how you're going to manage conflict in your business or in your life really is determining what kind of conflict you're looking at because you're going to have to handle personality conflicts much differently than the way that you would handle a value conflict. You would handle a relationship conflict much differently than you would handle a task conflict or a value conflict. 
and tactics that may work for one type of conflict may either be dismissed in another type of conflict or in fact may cause an escalation in the conflict. The other major factor that you need to look at when you're dealing with a conflict is who are the parties and how do they handle conflict? Since the 1960s, there have been numerous studies trying to determine conflict styles and how we can categorize these responses, people's responses to conflict. Uh, We'll absolutely go into more depth and tackle this more in a later podcast, but I want to make sure that there's an understanding that conflict management style is going to affect how you approach someone and how someone is going to approach a conflict. Something else that needs to be kept top of mind is the fact that even though there have been these attempts to create categories for conflict styles, someone who fits into one of these conflict styles for one type of conflict, whether it's a value conflict or a tactic conflict, may not fit into this, may not use the same conflict style for other types of conflict. And additionally, numerous factors could change the way in which they handle the same types of conflicts. It may depend on who the other person in the conflict is. It may depend on what the relationship situation is. It may depend on how well they slept the night before. We all know that if we're tired or hangry, we're not going to handle conflict the same way we would otherwise. So the expectation that if you can categorize someone based on any number of of tests that have been put out in the world, it means that they will always remain in that category is not something that you can count on. Probably the most famous and probably the most used uh, conflict style assessments is the Thomas Kilman Conflict Mode Instrument. For this assessment, you are provided with a list of, I think it's 30 pairs of questions, and you are supposed to choose one of the two for each grouping Um, that most reflects how you would handle conflict. And going into this, the instructions indicate that you are supposed to think of one scenario throughout the entire test. So you're not supposed to go in and for each question go, well, probably under this, this situation I would do A, but if it were a different situation, I would definitely do B. You're supposed to think of that, think of one situation when you're going into it. The drawback of this is it doesn't take into account the fact that situations differ and people differ depending on those situations. So it may give you good feedback as to how you would react in that specific situation, but it may not give you a precise categorization to how you would fit into um, any of those categories under a different situation. The scale that the Thomas Kilman test uses rates the takers on a combination of how assertive they are, um, and for purposes of, of Thomas Kilman, this is where their concern lies for their own interests as opposed to 
the interests of those across the table. And the more you are concerned for the interests of those across the table from you or the other party to your conflict, um, the more cooperative you are scaled as being. The five styles of conflict that the Thomas Kilman instrument places you into are competing, avoiding, accommodating, collaborating, and compromising. And again, don't worry too much about what exactly all of those mean because I absolutely intend on coming back to conflict styles and what the conflict, the Thomas Kilman instrument says and what it doesn't says and how studies have, have changed over the years since the 1970s, I believe, when this uh, scale was introduced. In 2000, another system of group conflict management created two submodels of more confrontational. Another categorization of conflict management has been how people look at what they're fighting over. So what you're looking at is, are you fighting over something that is like money, where it's if I get a dollar, you don't get a dollar? Or are you looking at the conflict in terms of how can everybody get the most out of this? So the first is a distributive model which means we're looking at, we have $100. How are we going to distribute this $100 between you and I? And in these uh, types of discussions, you get $100, I get zero, there's nothing else there. The other type is integrative, the integrative model, where the parties look at it and say, we have $100, that's great. $100 is great. Is there any way for us to have more than $100? What can we do so that we can create an abundance for both of us? This integrative model sees the parties doing more to create a better outcome for both of them as opposed to if you get more than I get less, there's the opportunity to look at the situation and say, if we create more, then we both get more than we would if we were arguing over just the $100. So the last thing I want to talk about is a scale on which all conflict management styles can be placed. And this is the amount of activeness and the amount of agreeableness of the parties. Um, So de Church and Marx in 2001 looked at all of the writings on conflict management and said, hey, really there's two dimensions to how we deal with conflict. And it's how active are we in the conflict, which is how responsive and direct are you? And are you willing to openly discuss the issue? Or are you more of a passive passive participant? And high activism is also characterized by more fully going after one's own interest. You're, You're seeking 
more openly to gain more for yourself. The other aspect, the other dimension is agreeableness, which is how does one's behavior while dealing with the situation, how pleasant is it? Um, is it a more relaxed situation or are you, is it more stressful? Is it more, um, more of a strain? And according to their models, high, agree- high agreeableness is characterized by parties who are really attempting to satisfy everyone that's involved and really give everyone what they're looking for. Um, and I think that there's definitely some similarities between the activeness dimension and distributive bargaining and agreeableness and integrative bargaining just in how one seeks to further their own interest. But there are absolutely some significant differences between the two. And one can be an integrative bargainer without being agreeable. Uh, So they are definitely not interchangeable terms, but they're probably near each other on the scales, if you were to put this line the scales up. Um, one additional note about activeness, activeness and agreeableness is that the study noted that activeness really didn't have a significant effect on the effectiveness of conflict resolution and how effective. So how direct you were didn't necessarily affect the outcome and how well the conflict was managed. But agreeableness absolutely did have an impact. And they found that the more agreeable, uh, I'm sorry, that the agreeableness of the conflict management style, uh, whatever conflict management style you wanted to use, the the more you attempted to satisfy all parties involved, the more positive impact was felt by people about the way the conflict was managed. And that didn't matter. And, and in those situations, it didn't matter what the outcome was. The more the parties attempted to work together, the, the more positive experience the parties reported coming out of it. There have been additional studies on how conflict styles affect um, management approaches and and what those management and how those management approaches have been categorized. But I think that that's definitely another episode. I think that there's so much more we can delve into about how our personal strategies affect how we handle conflict with other people. What it really boils down to is that conflict management is about how we deal with our differences and how we deal with our differences depending on the situation and depending on the type of conflict and depending on who the other person is that we're dealing with. So I would love to hear from y'all. Have you taken the Thomas Kilman uh, instrument? Have you taken, I think there's one, discus. Have you taken discus or any of the other instruments that tell you about your personality and how you handle conflict, shoot me an email at 
podcast at AaronBaileyMoses.com and let me know. Do you think it was right? Do you think it was wrong? Did you struggle taking it because you kept wanting to go, well, but in this situation that wouldn't work, but absolutely in this other situation, it would work. Uh, That is always my problem with those because I know that I handle conflict completely different depending on so many factors. And if you are in a conflict or if you are trying to work through an issue with somebody and you need a little bit of help, head over to my website at AaronBaileyMoses.MyKajabi, that's M-Y-K-A-J-A-B-I dot com forward slash five things, and that's five, the number five. And there you will find the top five things that you need to know before you go into any negotiation. And let's be honest, any type of conflict about that, if you have any questions or ideas, I absolutely want to know about this too, because this podcast is for y'all. I mean, I could sit here and talk all day, but really... I want to know that you're getting the information that you need and that you want. And so whatever questions or comments or ideas you have, shoot me an email at podcast at AaronBaileyMoses.com. And I cannot wait to talk to you again next week.